1: Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. here. Okay, we're gonna start with some BS. <laughs> uh, so Travis you Kelsey. You don't know that it's- Come on, come on. Travis Kelce- Come to be fair. on! All right, all right. Travis Kelsey's mom, Donna, um, went on the Today Show and she said, oh yeah, I don't know where I'm sitting really. I- I'm not gonna get a box because, you know, they're too expensive and whatnot. I'm not buying it, man. Like, she doesn't know where she's sitting. I I agree with you. The only people who don't, who can say on Wednesday, I'm not really sure where I'm going to be sitting, are people who know they definitely have a seat. Right. So here's, She may not know exactly where she's sitting, but she knows she's going to be just fine. Okay, so we're going to check the BS meter and see if it goes like I, this. And I agree with you on the BS meter. I'm trying to give Donna the benefit of the I love doubt. Donna. I love Donna. Yeah, are you kidding right. me? Here's what she said.
2: How's the seating arrangement in the box? Are you in a chair? And it's usually you and Taylor next to each other. I feel like that might be some good luck.
0: Well, you can understand that the boxes in Vegas are multi-million dollars. Yeah. So I have a feeling I'm not in a box. I have a feeling uh, I'm in the stands. Da, 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 yeah, as far as I know, I'm in the stands with everybody else because it is a pricey Super Bowl. Nope.
1: Nope. Nope. And by the not way, by the way, even <laughs> if you're in the stands, it's still a pricey well, Super Bowl. You're Making it sound like but, being in the stands. But, like, i love oh, that she thinks she's on. sitting with the
2: minions. Like, it, not regular people are not going to the Super Bowl. You've got to be rich to go to the Super Bowl. But there oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute.
1: Isn't there somebody rich now in their circle? Who aside would that from, be? Aside from her son? Right, aside from her son uh, and her other son. Is there At a millionaire or s- someone? Oh, that! Oh, that's her. her. That's Taylor her. Swift? Her. <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. way.
2: So Taylor Swift is definitely going to be in it. Well, I guess we're going to get into it a little bit if she's even going to be there. But she's in the stadium, she's going to be in a suite. I can't see any way that Donna Kelsey is not in a suite. Of course I mean, she's going to be in a suite. I mean,
1: this she's is going to be with Taylor. This is where the BS meter starts to go off the charts is that Last year, when she was at the game, when she was the center of the attention because both both of her sons sons were playing, she was sitting, not only was she in a suite, she was sitting right next to the commissioner of the NFL. And somehow this year, she's more popular now. Yeah, this year, she's more popular. popular. This year, she's more popular, (laughs) and she's with someone just as powerful, actually, probably more powerful than Roger Goodell, and that is Taylor Swift. Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Okay. Donna will be in a okay. box. Okay, so in other Super Bowl Taylor Swift news, mm. uh, Travis Kelsey had some things to say about her today. And again, the BS meter is going kind of like this again, right? Yeah, here's what he said. <laughs> I know that
2: you congratulated Taylor after the big night.
1: Has she given you a Super Bowl pop talk? No, no, she hasn't.
3: She's focused on uh, entertaining the uh, the crowd out in, uh, I think it's, is it Singapore right now? or I, th- I think that's in a few weeks. I know she's out in Japan, Tokyo, maybe. Um, so she's just uh, working on entertaining them, making sure she's she's ready for uh, her performances and everything. But uh, the Super Bowl, we'll uh, worry about if she can make it.
1: If she can make it, we'll worry about it. If oh. she can make it, they're Travis. You know she's going to be there. Everybody in the world has seen her schedule and knows it is. She will be there. But I I I, I love I love the fact that he's he's just leaning into the drama here obviously He's trying gonna be to
2: make it seem like this is going to be a game time decision. Remember, he kind of did this to us when everyone was wondering was he going to go to Argentina to see Taylor perform there, and he was kind of like playing it coy, like, oh, I may or may not be south of the border. Like, he was all, like, playing into this narrative will I make it, will I won't, and now it's will she make it, will she won't. She will be there, 100%. Well,
1: not only will she be there, she's got a lot of time, actually. She should get there on Saturday. She should uh, get there Saturday night. uh, A day before the game. She has at least 20 hours pad, and that's assuming she leaves within an hour or two after her concert ends. Yeah, I mean, uh, she's obviously going to be, but I love love the drama that, that Travis is, he is so leaning into Everything that's going on around him. Even is before, great. even before Taylor Swift, we knew that Travis Kelsey enjoyed the spotlight as a superstar in the NFL. Right. And now he is a superstar beyond the NFL. Right.
0: Hey, I'm Trey from Atlanta, Georgia. First of all, the mom is definitely gonna be in a box of sweet sitting next to Taylor Swift drinking cocktails. We all know this, so the meter is like this. BS meter is going crazy. Right. And with Tra- and with Travis, first of all, he knows Taylor's gonna be there. Right. And we all know the chief might win, and he's definitely going to propose. The, the no, he's not going to propose. Thing, OK, so
1: here's my question. Although that is a popular So here's bet. my question. If the BS meter starts here and real BS is all the way here, where are, uh, where is uh, Donna and Travis Further. on the meter? Show, Further. show us where he is. This is the meter. This is it's <laughs> going crazy. BS, 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 BS. BS. The needle, the needle just broke. That. Yeah, the needle broke. <laughs> OK, we're going to move on. Yes, uh, to <laughs> Kanye West's new music video, which isn't really about Kanye West. Uh, the song is called Talking Once Again. And the star of this music video is his daughter. Uh, Northwest. clearly is loving, uh, loving being it. in the recording industry. And this uh, is a super highly produced Video. Yeah, it really is. And like I said, she is the star of this. It's not at all, remember last week or a couple weeks ago, she was talking about what she envisioned the music video being? Right. It's not that, um, but it's still great. Uh, but it may lead to some issues in the Kardashian. With Kim. Yes, uh, but here's a little bit of the video and then we'll get into that.
2: I love it here, yeah, we gonna take over the airport your bestie miss miss westy don't try to test me it's gonna get messy it's gonna get we messy. saw
1: her a few weeks ago on stage doing in this. Dubai yes in Dubai doing this song and so she is, the video. she is just all in on music and on her dad she loves her dad Lo- and her dad yes. loves her and you know she's look, she's daddy's girl yeah. here's here's the complication here that kanye is Now, so leaning into his anti-Semitism, you know, and it's on the very album that he's going to be, that 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 song is on, on. yeah, on Vultures. And so now, what about Kim? What does she do when she knows that her dad, that North's dad, is on these anti-Semitic rants? And, and she's worried North about North. spending a lot of time with him. Kim can't do
2: anything. Yeah, I mean, what she's put in a really bad situation because I know you're not a, a parent, Harvey, but like what is if if Kim basically tells her she can't do this or can't be around her dad, She'll I would do imagine it. she's just gonna revolt against her. Yeah, she's of course. gonna lean more into it. Of course. So it's like you're in an impossible situation. Impossible. Impossible. And
1: and you know, and and by the way. Um, We just did a documentary on Kanye West where we called it Unhinged but Unstoppable. And the theme of it from everybody we spoke to said, uh, and by the way, this is on Hulu now. um, Everybody said he cannot be canceled. He won't be canceled. Well, guess what? Tomorrow night, they're having a listening party in in Chicago Chicago? for Vultures, the album. Sold out. Sold out. Uh, out. Although uh, it is sold out, but Kanye says that this is the only arena that would actually give him a venue. And not give him, I'm sure he's paying to to be there. Uh, But that's the only place- Because of the anti-Semitism. And and that's certainly what he insinuated, that what he's, the way he put it was, well, here's, he actually put out sort of a PSA begging for someone to help him get an arena.
3: Yo, this We just sold out the United Center in seven minutes. And I just wanted to express to everybody out there to see if it's anyone that can help with this. It's the only arena that I had access to in the past year, and when I call, people say there's no avails for me, and you know why that is. So if there's anybody out there that can help with this, please do.
2: It's really hard for him to talk with those grills in. Yeah, Did you with guys the titanium grill, it yeah. is. he's
1: struggling with that. But yeah, um, it's pretty. Clear. You know what he? The, means. It's the
2: anti-Semitism that he, and and he
1: is. Legal. The weird thing is he's the way the tone of how he's saying it is. He's blaming the Jews, right? He's saying, you know why I can't get it, right. arena. Well, that's what he's been doing for months and months and for more than months. Right. But um, he's insinuating he's been blackballed. I, I, I gotta say, with all of this stuff going around, I have never seen um, a, 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 a more focused spotlight on parenting, co-parenting after divorce than this. Because Kim is, right. rea- and remember, there are four kids. So this is a really, Tough spot for her to be in. But I think she's kind of powerless, honestly. She's powerless. And to this point, at least, I mean, from what we can see, the problem is we don't know what conversations are happening with the kids. But the kids... But she can't... But Kim she cannot po- and should not be talking badly about right. Kanye. Shouldn't which I'm sure talking badly he, about him. I'm sure he isn't. She isn't, right. And the kids have been spending time with Kanye. We've seen them with Kanye and with Bianca. Right. So, um, you know, Kim is doing the best she can. This she's is- in a, like you say, powerless... Situation. Rocking a hard place.
0: This is Nicole from Tennessee, and I definitely agree with Harvey and Charles, both of you, in that Kim is definitely powerless in this situation because when you're in a co parenting situation, you never want to tell your kids you can't spend time with dad. I don't want you around him and painting this negative picture of the other parent. But I think the flip side of it is we're getting to see this more creative side of North. We're getting to see her lean into music. We're getting to see her build a career at such a young age. But in the end, both parents, Kim and Kanye, are sort of powerless. In this situation, even though uh, we've already seen North say, she prefers to stay with Kanye, so this is a really tough situation for both of them.
1: It is, and she's the oldest, and now the others are gonna look to her, and it's gonna, wow. Kristen Cavallari and Diddy as a couple, it almost happened. According to Kristen Cavallari- There is a big age difference between the two of them. Not that big, not in Hollywood terms. It was like, what, 15, 14 years, something it's like that? I think more, I think he was like in his, she was like 21. She, she was, was 37. 20, s- yeah, 21, he's for maybe 18 years. Anyway, uh, she, Boy, she we just revealed a lot, didn't we, folks? You're welcome. No, it was <laughs> about me. I'm just talking about Hollywood in general. You know, anyway, let's move on. Kristen was uh, was talking about, a time He's in her early 20s. The next commercial, by the way. Uh me. Commercial, as soon as we get to the <laughs> next piece of tape we roll, I'm gonna yell at you. Uh, Kristen was talking about a time in her early 20s uh, when Diddy, she says, was pursuing her and put the heat on her pretty hard. In fact, she says she was impressed um, at the time. Now she is calling him a giant red flag. Uh, here's what she said about their encounter. One
2: Valentine's Day, I was 22. I believe I we had a mutual friend he got my number or whatever he sent me the biggest bouquet of flowers I've ever seen the biggest box of chocolates I've ever seen a huge teddy bear all of his tequila because he had a tequila brand at the time I don't know if he still does and um, I mean it was like holy and he I mean, it was like multiple people like bringing to my house kind of a thing it's like no. Yes, and then he told me he had a TV crush on me and he wanted to take me out and I just sort of kept like poo-pooing it and then I finally said no. Now as an adult, I'm like red yeah, yeah. flag and clearly. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I mean, that's some love bombing. Probably probably kind of. Yeah,
1: he's
2: in like hot water right it's, now. It's bad. But... There. Yeah, that could have been you.
1: Mm. Look, I'm not going to die on any hill defending Diddy at this point, right? Um, but... I think this is a little revisionist history. At the time, she's saying it's a red flag now because she's heard right. allegations. I think I, I know what you, she's not saying. Back then, she saw it as a red flag. But she's, she's saying, saying now. this whole thing about oh, he was love bombing her. He's a guy who was was courting her. Right. And so now you get you have to get called out because you sent someone flowers because you sent someone whatever gifts or whatever. That's I, part I, of the courting process, right? Well, I also think part of this is her flexing. Well, yes. I mean, really. <laughs> it's definitely her going, check I mean, out what this guy, wa- this very successful man wanted right. to
2: do. Kristen has all of these crazy stories. She really knows how to keep this podcast relevant. And I give her credit. <laughs> she's a smart businesswoman, but this is one of many. I mean, we've talked about this podcast many times. I'm curious to see what her next story is.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, it's Taylor Swiftie. I lo- It's a I, little Taylor I, Swift-y. I, re- I really like her. I mean, I really, yes. really like her. I think she's real. Um, she does a great podcast. She does but, a great podcast. And I just think... I think there's a little bit of flex in here.
3: <laughs> Justin Jackson in Charlottesville. Yeah, so guys, in my opinion, I'm thinking that she's most likely just trying to get her numbers up for her podcast. It's the timing of when she comes out with this and then some of the discrepancies. She's saying this happened at 22, which would have been
1: 2009. Uh, uh, she might have she remembered some of the specifics yeah. incorrectly. By the way, they're only 17 years apart, so it's not, that huge number that you were cutting. Co- right. See, now that's strategically a blunder on your part. You should have <laughs> dropped it. People forgot, and now you got well, to it. Well, it, it was bugging me, okay? <laughs> okay. we bugging about, me. We are going to move yes, on. Yes, so we're gonna move on to uh, Kamal uh, Nanjiani, who is opening up about something that was a very painful uh, moment for him in his career. It was after the Eternals came out. Uh, and he says as everyone knows or you may not know because it just didn't do that it well. didn't do that Well, a lot of people didn't see it and those who did didn't have kind things to say um, He got bad reviews he got bad reviews and how he took it took it really hard um, In fact says he had to start getting some professional help uh, Because of it. Here's um, here's what he had to say about bad reviews and getting on a couch
3: it was really really hard because Uh, Marvel thought that movie was going to be like really, really well-reviewed. And so we had to like sort of travel the world while they thought we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. It just sort of was, the reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. I was too aware of it. I was reading every review. I was checking too much. And that's when I was like, it, this is unfair to me. It's unfair to Emily. I can't approach my work this way anymore. Some has got to change. And so, very intentionally, I did start counseling. I, I, I talked to, I still talk to my therapist about that.
1: I'm just going to give my opinion. Everybody has mental struggles in this world. There is not a single person who doesn't have mental struggles. And when you're able to talk to somebody who's professional, um, it's useful. Yeah. And it's just useful in life. What he's saying is, I don't, I think what he's saying is, I don't want to be emotionally invested in what other people think of me to a point where i crumble because of it and i need to figure out how to avert that how to avoid feeling that when i listen to other people and i think that's a great thing Mm -hmm. but the The other side of it is that you feel like as an actor a bad review isn't the thing that should be because every actor no matter how great they are, has had bad reviews.
0: Well, well, you have to keep in mind too that Kumail completely transformed his body and after he would film this movie, he said that he thought it was a total hit. And as he pointed out, he was traveling across the world. Marvel thought this was gonna be a hit too. So just that fall from grace had to have been so tough. And it sounds like it was affecting his home life as well. The only thing I would
1: say, just kind of wrapping this thing up is that, and and I'm not saying this about him because I don't know him, but I do think that in this country, we have protected people from failure too much, that we prop people up so that they never experience failure as their kids, and they never learn that. Everybody fails, and you know what? It's important to fail, because if you fail, that means you've taken chances, and you're more likely to succeed. And I think we have such an aversion to failure that people can't handle it anymore. I really believe that. Get out there and fail. Can I tell you? Yeah. There is something healthy about that. Las Vegas expecting uh, about four hundred thousand people <laughs> this weekend in town crazy. for the Super Bowl. Of course, they're not all going to be at the game. Only sixty thousand or so will be at the game, but everyone is going to be clamoring to get into um, into the the parties. They want to get into the clubs. They want to get into all the events that are going on around the Super Bowl. Um, this, and this is the biggest. Event in memory in Las Vegas. It is I, in fact a lot of people are saying it's going to be the biggest event ever in Las Vegas Which is saying a lot um, But when you combine the Super Bowl and Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift uh, and Las Vegas, that's what you get now uh, I think the person or the people who are gonna have the toughest job this weekend are The uh, the people who deal with the celebrities at the clubs, right? Because this happens in Vegas all the time. They have celebrities there you got to get him into the club, but get him into the club. And, you and there can't. are going to be a lot of but celebrities. But there are going to be a lot of them, and everybody believes that they are A-list, even if they're not actually A-list. How do you deal with so many personalities uh, and so many uh, big-time stars? Well, Logan Paulson is the VIP liaison at uh, Excess, the club at Wynn, very popular club. Uh, so he's going to be dealing with that. <laughs> uh, so he's joining us right now. Uh, Logan, welcome to TMZ Live. How hey, you doing?
0: I'm good. Thank you, guys. I, I, I see
1: that, by the way, he's, eye, he's pretty bright-eyed today. That's because he's probably gotten the last sleep he's going to get right. for the next oh, five right. days. <laughs> uh, that's, that is for sure. So, um, you know, it's so funny. I watched the uh, We Are the World documentary over the weekend, and it reminds me of what you're going to be dealing with because you have all these huge celebrities huge who are egos in egos who are gonna be, and handlers and all who are going to be coming into your how how on earth do you manage something like that
0: uh, honestly I don't think it it would be bad but I don't think it'd be terrible they're not it's not as bad as you would think it would be we had the Pro Bowl here and we had uh, f1 weekend as well and f1 weekend we had a lot of celebrities had a lot of paid clients so it wasn't as bad as you would think it would be they're actually they're actually pretty Good. As long as you go through their entrance right way, it'll be fine. Ah,
1: We we are engaged in full disclosure here at TMZ. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we know your girlfriend is one of Taylor Swift's backup dancers. So um, can you tell us (laughs) anything about Taylor coming to town? Um, I know that they've rented a house by the Westin where the team is staying. Is there going to be a house party there?
0: I have no <laughs> nothing nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I have no idea. My girlfriend, all I know right now is they're in Tokyo. My girlfriend's having a great time performing. She performed last night at the Tokyo Dome. So uh, that's all I know. I don't know nothing else about any parties. All I know is the Chiefs did win last year and they did throw their party at excess. So that's, that's all uh, I know.
1: Huh? Oh, yeah. really? Oh, that's that's right. I remember that's that video that they, they came. They flew to Vegas and they uh, and they partied there. Uh, huh. Interesting. You know what? Is interesting, Logan, is that you sounded very much like uh, Travis Kelsey did in his news <laughs> conference talking about, I, I don't know, Taylor is, all I know is she's in Japan and performing and she's focused on that. Um, you kind of, you guys have the same script.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't rehearse it with Travis or anything. I've never met him, but I, I assume we would all have the same script with that.
1: So is, um, is Taylor going to let, uh, let your girlfriend hop a ride in the jet?
0: <laughs> if they come out, I would hope so. But oh. I have, again, no idea. I know they're going to go to Australia after that, and my girlfriend's really excited about that. Huh? Huh?
1: Interesting. I did. Oh, interesting, uh, Logan. <laughs> Probe. <laughs> so, uh, so Logan, you, you, like you said, the uh, the Chiefs did party with you guys last year, and the Super Bowl wasn't even in Vegas, but they all wanted to do their party there. I would imagine that gives you sort of a leg up in planning a um, a celebration party, and obviously. You don't want to jinx anybody, but you do make preparations for that, right? In, in case one team wins or, you know, in case your team. It seems like you yeah. guys are plugged in with the Chiefs. They like you. Are you making any preparations for a party?
0: Uh, I think they are making preparations for Sunday night. I'm unsure which the preparations are for, but I assume it'd be with the Chiefs, just because that's who we are directed with. Uh, they had their party here last year, and uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes looked like they had the best time ever. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of we had a, uh, at the Legion Stadium. We have a Winfield Club there as well, and so a lot of our uh, a lot of them have talked to our hosts at that place. So I assume they would want to come to Access. So,
1: yeah. hey, just for people who are kind of watching, and maybe some people who are going there, um, how how much can normies participate in all this party action? Um, you, because people are wondering, with all the celebrities there, can yeah. normies get in too? How does it work?
0: Yeah. So the uh, the guest list rules for just normal. Everyday people, I would. It would be hard on certain nights. Like excess is absolutely no. Friday night we have Lil Wayne, Diplo, and Shaq, so it's it's just <laughs> if, if you bought tickets you're going. If you bought a table you're going. But uh, there's parties at Hakkasan with Travis Scott on Saturday that people can get into for free. Same with Omni on Saturday with Zedd. So there's there's parties you can get into for sure. Just no Chris Brown, no Lil Wayne.
1: Right. That one is. Uh, if you you said if you bought a table you'd get in. What would it cost? to get a table yeah. there on Friday night?
0: Um, I believe our cheapest right now is going for 8000 and it'll be outside.
1: <laughs> we'll give you, you, you 8000 it's gonna be a small table, it's gonna be outside, but you'll have the yeah. table
0: and you'll be you, in. You'll be inside the club and inside the venue, so it's okay.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I hope your girlfriend uh, is able to hop a ride in the jet. Yeah, um, Me too. and good luck to you and um, I'm assuming Monday is a sleep day, right?
0: All day Monday. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing all but day. sleep. Hey, all Logan, right. we really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much, man, great talking to you. Thank you, have a good one. That is gonna be a scene in there. Man, he knows stuff, by the way. Oh, You can just tell, he, definitely he knows, knows stuff. stuff. Okay, um, uh, we are gonna take a break. All right, when we come back, uh, Shane Gillis, uh, who is gonna be hosting in uh, SNL in a couple of weeks. Well, they had fired him a few years ago. And interestingly, the same reason that SNL fired him has now it's raised its head again. We're going to tell you how a podcast has come back to bite him in the butt.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage... All the way to the "we just hit a million orders" stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com/specialoffer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com/specialoffer.
1: Welcome back to TMZ Live. SNL has uh, announced that uh, their host in a couple of weeks, not this weekend. Uh, is going to be Shane Gillis, a very popular comedian uh, and a former SNL cast member, although you never saw him on the show. Because they fired him before he started. Right. Uh, Shane was uh, was brought on the same year they brought in uh, Bo and Yang, um, but before they ever, you know, premiered that season, they fired uh, Shane because there was an old podcast clip that he was on that surfaced where he was making um, some really bad jokes about Asian people, um, using an accent and the whole thing. Uh, and they decided to part ways. But he has gone on to have incredible success, has a lot of stand up specials on Netflix, YouTube. And so they decided to bring him back as a host. Well, there are some more podcasts out there. Uh, apparently, Shane did a lot of podcasting before he b- made it big. And some of these clips are. Even more disturbing uh, than the one that got him fired. So, here is just a little bit of these uh, resurfaced podcast
3: clips. Why f- is uh, CNN on in here? It's always. You guys f- gay now? <laughs> Put it on Fox, dude. This is right wing white. F-. Get this CNN Jew off in of here, dude. <laughs> I remember actually the first time I heard someone call it that. And I was like, What? Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: What?
2: Would you say, Dad?
3: <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, What are you guys having fun? You guys playing tag? You like
1: What? More of a light guy. All right. City
2: hasn't turned me into. A- yet <laughs> Give it time. Woo, hell yeah. Coming in hot. Give it Woo. time. What's up, blacks? <laughs> gonna be here in the compound. <laughs> What's up, gay Jews? <laughs> blacks. <laughs> so, and there's more, by the way. If people want to go to the site and listen to the full thing, there's more. Just to kind of clarify, he's saying the homophobic F slur. He's saying the N word. He's saying the K word as it pertains to Jewish people and lots of other stuff, right? This, in addition to his previous comment that actually got him fired from SNL, which was the G word, the Asian slur, the G word, right? So the slurs are all over the place, right? And what's so bizarre, the reason why, by the way, this has been out there. Like, we're not breaking news about this. This is known about Shane Gillis. He's beca- he's still popular, but regardless of these comments, he's made a name for himself on Netflix, very popular in the podcasting world, et cetera. And yet the strange thing is that SNL is bringing him back? And and that's sort of the question. It's like, well, if you fired him in the first place for these racist remarks that he made at the time in 2019 or whatever, at least for what you knew at the time, did you not figure there was more? And if you did, did, if you did know, is it a deal breaker now? That's sort of the question. And on its face, it seems like they're moving forward with him. It's just weird. You know what I mean? That, that's all I can really say about it. It's just very bizarre. What year was that um
1: recorded that yeah
2: the podcast remarks that you just heard are between 2018 and 2019 and the ones that he got fired over were in the same time frame 2018 2019 he was doing a podcast called a fair one that's the one that we just surfaced the other day yesterday the one that he got fired from 2019 in 2019 it was from a separate podcast that he was on another one he hosted so two different podcasts lots of different slurs lots of different remarks Same issue though, right? Like slurs are being said, so then why are you bringing this guy back in in 2024? When he was fired,
1: uh, that Shane came out and he did apologize and he said that he would apologize to anyone personally that he knew or didn't know that was offended um, and admitted that if you went back in his uh, went back over his podcasting history. There were a lot of yeah. really dumb, hurtful things he said and he apologized. So maybe that was an by the way, As most people have done over a right. lifetime. Right. Michael Greer from New York City. And I just gotta say, I'm over talking about this guy. I thought we got rid of him years ago due to the bad stuff like you just played that he did. To me, it sounded like he was dead serious. You can kind of tell in the tone of his voice. And now four years later, I have to be upset all over again about the disgusting things he said about all those people. Now he's like taking everything we have. We get The Woke, we have SNL, we got Bud Light and he took it all from us in one week. Like I'm Canadian as well. And this is supposed to be like a big day for us. You know, we're all celebrating like everything with, that happened with Drake and his big beautiful penis. And now instead we gotta like, <laughs> uh, go, this, I was like, wait, what is what Canada is celebrating? <laughs> but yes, there's a Drake clip going around on the internet that um, a lot of people are talking about and in- Obviously, celebrating in Canada. Wow. Okay. Did not know that was let's, going on in Canada. Let's move on to another great Canadian, yes. uh, shall we? That was um, good. Yes. The moment at the Grammys that everyone is talking about, one of, there were many moments, but Celine Dion's surprise appearance to present the album of the year was just magnificent because everyone just thinks that, Well, as we've heard from her family, that... She's struggling with uh, stiff presence. And, and, and the last we heard was from her sister, Saying who had that said after they, she had made a couple of public appearances, um, she, she was really gl- struggling. Right. Really, so really struggling. That's why it was really special. And that's why this video we're about to show you is even more special. Because in addition to being on stage and presenting that award, backstage, there were a lot of celebrities, a lot of artists who were just thrilled to be in her presence. One of them is a singer-songwriter named Sonia Elise, and she had this moment with Celine, which I'm sure she will remember forever. This is so great because Celine Dion's great joy in life is singing. Like beyond just being her career and being something she's good at, she loves to sing. So seeing her on stage at the Grammys was great that she could still perform, you know, show up in public. But seeing her in her happy spot is
2: just—it's it, heartwarming.
1: Yeah, it really is. That to know that, um, because when you saw her on stage, you thought it's great that she's out there, but in my, the back of my head, I was thinking, she may still be in a lot of pain and she's just doing this to, you know, because she wants to be out yeah, there. Yeah, they do not But have... then, Eric's right, and when you see her singing, then you're like, all right, she's, that's, she hasn't lost it. Yeah. Um, but, it's but, the surviving and thriving kind of thing. You know, seeing her on stage, she's surviving. Seeing her backstage singing like that, she's thriving. Exactly, um, awesome. There is a really, I, I think it's gonna be a fascinating documentary that's gonna be coming out that she has yeah. been working on. Um, that will really kind of cover her journey with this stiff person syndrome, and everybody in her world is on this documentary. They've been working on it for a year. I cannot wait, uh, to see and that. it's going to drop soon. Yeah, I can't wait either. Big night in Hollywood yeah. uh, as the Bob Marley One Love movie had its uh, its Hollywood premiere. The movie comes out next week, but this was—I mean—everybody came out for this premiere, and I, I think, and I hope that that's a sign of how much. Uh, this film is going to be embraced. Uh, Brad Pitt, whose company uh, is one of the uh, produced the film, Brad Plan Pitt. B. Yeah, Plan B. They. Uh, Brad Pitt was at the premiere uh, with all the stars. Ziggy Marley, of course, was there. Um, everyone. There's of course uh, Kingsley Benadir, who was playing Bob Marley. Stevie Wonder was there. Wow. Um, Shaggy was there. Uh, Kylie Minogue, who I haven't seen in a long wow, time. Wow, really? Kylie Minogue came out huh. for this. Uh, lots of people at this premiere. Now, one thing I gotta say about this movie, I am watching it, one, because I love Bob Marley, but two, I have a very personal investment in this and that um, my family has a connection, a very close connection to Bob Marley. My cousin, Junior Marvin, uh, was the lead guitarist for The Wailers, and he is, uh, of course, featured in the movie. What's really interesting is that his son, Davo, who is also my cousin, obviously, uh, is playing his father, Junior. Um, and I can't wait to see how that works out, how that um, that dynamic. This is so cool. Yes, and I'm really pleased to say that uh, my family is joining me right now. Uh, Junior Marvin and his son, Devo. Welcome to how TMZ are Live, guys. How you doing? great. <laughs> doing today. Excellent. It's so nice to meet you guys. Finally, I met somebody in the family that's successful. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I can't say anything about that compared to you guys. Um, Dave, I just want to say, I know you were at the premiere last night. Um, what was it like? Uh, how was the reception in Hollywood? It seems like everyone's really excited to see the movie.
3: Well, it was my first like LA premiere, so it was very big for me. You know, I've seen a lot of stars. Chansey was right next to me. I wanted to say hi, but I got a look little- I got a <laughs> she, was, she was looking a little too good, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I didn't get the chance to say hi to her, but yeah, patience. You'll,
1: <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll, you'll have plenty of opportunities, man. Davo is a uh, musician uh, himself, very successful musician. We'll talk about your music in a moment, but Junior, for you to see this movie, and I know you were at the premiere in Jamaica, um, what is it like to go back and see these moments? The movie really focuses on... Um, when you, Bob Marley w- and the Whalers were recording the Exodus album, right? And that Correct, was, yeah. that was your, your first album um, with him. What was, what's it like to see that period again on film? And to see your son playing you? <laughs> well, it was beautiful. I mean, like, it was kind of surreal, but it was great to see David doing such a great job. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud of him. And he's a workaholic like me.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you <he was laughs>
1: also, Charles. <laughs> yeah, no, so kind of like,
3: yeah, family genes and hard work, and of course, one love.
1: Dave-O, uh shooting this movie, and, and we've seen other people uh, play their dad, um, yeah. and and it's led to great things. The ice cubes. I was just thinking that. I'd straighter yeah. Compton for you. Did you feel at times that you were obviously you would know your dad's mannerisms. Did you feel yeah. was it an easy role because of that for you?
3: I mean, yeah, because like I've been following my, my dad's footsteps my whole life. So it was kinda like I was been preparing myself for this moment my whole life. And um on, on camera, the only thing that was really, really hard for me was to actually play his notes and dance at the same time. Like those right. like he plays the guitar so fast and like so smooth in the pockets that he hits it's not as easy as people might think. So that was my most challenging moment of the film, but other than that, everything was like very natural for
1: me. By the way, I never thought that would be easy. What, playing, <laughs> no, guitar, yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. playing guitar and dancing?
3: <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, I love- It was parts where he was doing somersaults and hitting, like, spinning around it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> still hitting the coat. I'm like, yo, come on, dude. You're doing
1: this too much. This <laughs> movie is gonna be something, and I- so it comes out, out- on February 14th. February Valentine's 14th, Valentine's Day. I think that's not coincidence, One Love. Uh, on Valentine's Day. And I didn't know this, Junior, but, and I don't know if you remember this, but it, I read this, that you met Bob Marley to talk about joining the band on February 14th, 1977. Did you remember that, cool that day? Yeah, Now you're cool giving circle. me goosebumps again. <laughs> when, I met, when I met Bob, um, I had a call on the same day from Stevie Wonder to join his band. So I had a choice of two bands, Stevie Wonder and Bob Marley. Who could believe that, you know? That's a better. crazy choice, oh my he God. It's him. a crazy choice, you he really couldn't so go so wrong. You can't go wrong, but my God. I thought someone oh. was actually
3: pulling a prank on him. He was like, who's calling my phone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait yeah. to see the movie, uh, to hear your music, uh, Junior, and to see your performance, Devo. And oh, also, man. by the way, I just gotta tell everyone, Devo is a very talented musician, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Uh, is recording music. We even did something on this show yeah. a few years ago, like three years yeah, ago with or something. Tory
3: Lane's um, directing some of my music videos. Right. Actually, um, I have some, some songs with him and that are coming out soon. And um, yeah, some big, pretty big, big records. So I got like two new songs and then I'm going
1: to drop my album. Excellent. Coming it's, out. Well, like nice. Looking forward to seeing it, David. It's obviously. so nice meeting you guys. It really is nice meeting yeah. you guys. Congratulations. That, thank you, my brother. Thank yeah. you. Junior, let me know Thank next you time you're to in know, town, man. And Devo, we're, for sure, we're gonna right, for hook up. For sure, I'd definitely love to meet you personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta have you come in the studio. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Okay, all, all right, right guys. one love. <laughs> one love. we am gonna look up, guys, I'm gonna call y'all. Love, all right. bless. <laughs> all right, Devo. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're great. It's, um, I don't know, just they're, very proud. Wow, very proud. I mean, you should be. That's They're amazing. There is a new documentary about Selena that is going to be uh, coming out on Oxygen in a couple of weeks, but Selena's family is very upset about this, and that is because the docu series is actually told largely from the perspective of her killer, of Yolanda Saldivar, who is serving a life sentence for uh, killing Selena. And the title of the documentary is "Selena and Yolanda: The Secrets Between Them." And we, we spoke to Selena's father, Abraham, and he is incensed about this and just feels that it is a slap in the face to Selena's memory. And he really doesn't understand why they would take Yolanda at her word for anything she says, as he puts it, everything that comes out of her mouth is a lie. Um, and the fact that they are doing this docu-series based on her words uh, is very upsetting to her family. And so. they are, um, they're shooting this behind bars. So because yeah, they, they talk to Yolanda. They, talk, they, they have an extensive talk with Yolanda, and she is really the centerpiece of the documentary. So you can understand why the family would be so outraged at this, because it really is giving her a forum to tell her version, whatever that version is, of what happened and what the relationship was. Yeah. Um, and you can imagine what that stirs in the family.
3: Hi, Nicole from
1: Oklahoma City, Oklahoma.
3: I would like to say my comment to this is I agree with the family. Yolanda Saldivar has had 30 years to tell her side of the story, and she has opted to tell the story before we're now up for parole. So I just think this is a last desperate attempt by Yolanda to try to tell certain secrets that eventually are all just going to be lies. So I agree with the family on this one. I don't understand why she gets to tell her side when you clearly had 30 years to do so.
1: Yeah, get your point. She is serving a life sentence, but she is eligible for to parole m- next year, year. Yeah. next year. Uh, what else you guys wanna talk about?
3: Hi, I'm Millicent from Dallas, and my topic is Donna Kelsey not knowing where she's gonna be <laughs> sitting at the Super Bowl. That's wild to me because between her baby and Taylor, I'm sure Taylor's not gonna let his mother, Sit in the
1: stands with us common folk. Yeah, so girl. Yeah, girl, I, 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 I think you're right. I can't imagine her outside the stadium saying, I, I have a ticket. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think <laughs> Could that's I' gonna Can I get, Could I get one? Can I get one? Yeah, her son, by the way, both of her sons, um, obviously Travis playing in it, but Jason still. Oh, I wonder if a prop bet is whether plenty. Jason's going to have a shirt on. I bet it is. I, I bet, it is. bet it is. I bet it is. About a month and a half before Toby Keith passed away, he actually performed in Las Vegas. And you know, he'd been battling stomach cancer, but was feeling well enough to perform at the Park MGM uh, and had a special guest on stage with him, his mother Carolyn. I want to introduce you to
2: somebody, this is my mom. She's the one Tommy Allen to sing.
0: (laughs)
1: <laughs> I gotta say, it is both heartwarming and really sad. Yeah, It is really sad. Um, yeah, but a good one. he performed and fought till the end. Indeed. He did indeed. We will see you tomorrow.